Hello, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the NIM Podcast. This is your host, this is your coach, Ann Billingsley. Let's get into it. Today, we're going to just talk about life. We're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about offenses and borrowed offenses. We're going to talk about how love covers a multitude of sin, and we're just going to talk today. I pray that this encourages you. I pray that this touches your heart and your mind and your soul and that it resonates in your spirit just to help you grow. You know, that's what this is for. I pray that you can share with someone and that they can grow from this and that they can share with someone because these are things that we need to be effective in the kingdom of God in life period on our job, in our marriages, in our friendship, and as a co-worker in the kingdom of God. So let's get into it, y'all. So you all know we're going to open up with the scripture, right? So we're going to go to Matthews 22 and 36 through 40. And it says, Master, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On this two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. I like the way that Jesus told them to love thy God is first with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And when I first read that um, many years ago, there was no way that I can ever compare myself to anyone because I used to look like, wow, they're so bold. Look at how they're praying. Like, wow, I want to pray like that one day. Not like them, but I always wanted to be bold. But when I read this scripture and it said that I had to love that guy with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my mind it was according to what I had in my mind, the way that I had to love God. What I had in my soul, all that I had in my soul is the way I am to love God. And what all that I had in my heart is the way I had to love God. You can't love God with what's in someone else's heart, with what's in someone else's mind and what's in someone else's soul. I had to know who I was and tend to where I am. I was still trying to get over a uh, horrible relationship. So I was still trying to not go back into sin. I was still trying not to get back in the bed with this man. So I had to love God with all that I had. And that really took my eyes off other people. But this is the point I wanted to make. The second commandment, um, when he was saying the greatest second commandment was to love thy neighbor as thyself. And as I look around today, I do see the love of many, but I also also see that a lot of love have waxed cold in the hearts of the elect. But during this quarantine that's going on, I believe that people are being able to spend more time with themselves. They're able to think about things. They're not, they're able not to be rational thinkers where they are just making hasty decisions and, and doing things, um, that is not, um, a great level of integrity. So, I just love the way this scripture says, love thy neighbor as they self. But you know what? You have to have a love for yourself, a great, a nice, you know, a healthy love for yourself in order to love your neighbor 
effectively in order to love your neighbor the way that God wants us to love each other. So sometimes we can say we supposed to love thy neighbor as that self, but if that person doesn't have any self love for himself, then how can they possibly love thy neighbor greater? It doesn't say love thy neighbor greater than you love yourself. It says love thy neighbor as you love yourself. So we're going to spend just a few seconds here um, on love. You know, the Bible tells us that love is uh, kind and love is not boastful. It's not envy and it keeps no record of wrong. If we wanted to go over to 1 Corinthians uh, 13, um, I believe, and we can spend some time on that. Usually people talk about it in weddings and they're talking about uh, love is not envy. It's not boastful. It keeps no record of wrong. But we also have to spend more time on talking about what love is and God is love and love is God. And the way that he loves us, the way that he forgives us, it's the same measure that we are trying to do on earth. We're trying to have kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in heaven, God is forgiving us. God is loving us. He's not keeping record of wrong. He's not keeping record of right in the fact that, okay, I did this for you. Now go do this for me. He still gives us free will. So who are we? Have you all ever been in a a relationship or a friendship or even in your family where someone did something to you for you? They did something for you. And then when the things didn't work out according to, to what they wanted it to do, then they threw up what they did for you as if who are you to get angry, upset, or emotional when I do you wrong, when I have done this for you, and I've done this for you, and I paid your bills, and remember I gave you gas money, (laughs) as if they are manipulating your emotions, um, how to react to their pain. It's like taking a knife and cutting someone and saying, why are you bleeding like that? Do you know uh, all the things that I've done for you? You're not supposed to bleed, just let me run over you. let me do you wrong. But guess what, y'all? That's not operating in love. You know what? While I'm talking, this reminded me of the Clark Sisters uh, movie. It was an outstanding movie. I seen how they started off with five, then it went down to three, then it came back up to four. Um, that just lets us know of the gifts. Doesn't matter the gifts. Doesn't matter the call. Doesn't matter how famous you are or how much money you obtain. There's dysfunction that the enemy is always willing and ready to bring to any and every household. He's ready to bring it to any and every family. Wherever we open the door for the crack, he's willing to get in. So I just really love uh, that movie. I love the Clark sisters. I know a lot of their music has brought me a mighty long way. I tell my husband, I really love you brought the sunshine into my life because it's so true. Like truly God brought the sunshine into my life. And it may seem that I'm, I'm going all over the place, y'all but I'm not. I'm telling you, I'm taking you somewhere in this episode. Um, Of course, we have about four or five different topics, but right now we're talking about love and how uh, love will cover a multitude of sin. And I seen how the youngest sister, uh, I'm not sure if she's the youngest sister, but the sister Denise, uh, Nisi in the movie, um, they, that, 
they portrayed her to be a person that, um, you know, had the baby out of wedlock. And, you know, I, I believe that pride may have got the best of her. Maybe flesh got the best of her, but she was raised in the church and um, her mother was very strict and they were in a certain denomination where they couldn't wear pants, lipstick, earrings. And I mean, it was tough, you know, um, she went out and had a baby out of wedlock and I seen um per the movie in a few um and a few things that I seen on YouTube that they still covered her with love they still loved her I believe uh that pride could have got the best in this situation to where now my sin has shamed me and I'm comparing my sin to your righteousness and now I want to you know, retract from the relationship. Now I want to remove myself because you guys are shining, though they may not be perfect. You know, I've seen some clips where um, people were coming on there saying, well, they all, we all have skeletons in the closet and they probably did something, but they just really focused on uh, her sin. And I'm just saying that's in like every other family, if not all, where someone is not living according to what they should or what they're singing or what they're talking about and what they do is they compare their sin they compare their rebellion to the righteousness of the ones that's trying to stand in integrity or that may be getting uh, made better decisions than they have I know that we I have family members like that um, one in particular um, always say that you think you or you think you you know and want to count themselves as the black sheep but yet all the emotional damage that you have done to those around you you know how are you the black sheep or maybe the uh, black sheep don't mean that the people are pushing you out maybe it just means you don't want to blend in you don't want to look like them even though they're not doing as bad as you say they are but anyway y'all check out the movie the Clark sisters it was really good um that was my feedback on it I do like one thing about it um contrary to the other movie that came out that was very popular about Madam C.J. Walker. I really like how the Clark sisters are thriving. They're looking good. They're still sounding good. They're still recording. They're still spending time with their family. I mean, those women of God look beautiful. You can really see the love of God abiding in them. And I believe that's what love will do to you. On the other hand, look at the movie about Madam C.J. Walker. A lot of people talked about that movie because it was a self-made, she was a self-made millionaire. I give her her props for that, okay? But I did used to love her story until, you know, the movie came out. Not to say the movie is all, you know, factual what they say about her, but I'm trying to see how did this lady die at, I believe, don't quote me, go look it up for yourself, 51 years old. So she worked that hard to be a self-made millionaire. Her daughter wasn't making her proud. And you know, we all like to be proud parents. And our daughters, are, our kids are not perfect, but we do want them to make us proud. And I do see she was quoting scriptures in the beginning. And if you notice, they didn't have her quoting that throughout the end of the movie when she finally became the millionaire. Um, she just had the beef with the, um, they say it was Annie Malone. And she was a self-made millionaire, Madam C.J. Walker, but she didn't live to see the fruits of her labor. So I'm thinking to myself, I no longer want this to be a role model for me. 
she didn't get to see the fruit of her labor. She was, the movie portrayed it to be where she moved into a mansion and the whole year in the mansion, she was sick. And after being sick, she died. And I'm just thinking, okay, she got the half a million dollar mansion. Back then, I know that that was like, wow, a young black African-American woman, self-made millionaire getting a $500,000 house. She's living amongst um, the people, the same people who enslaved her people, but yet she's there with all women coming to her. Um, but she lived for one year in the mansion and then after that she died. She didn't get to see the fruits of her labor and I felt sorry for her. And then it goes to say that her daughter um, participated in activities that she didn't approve of with her lifestyle and her uh, relationship choices then she took on the business after her mom died and she died at 47 and I'm just like wow that's like that's not to me long life that God promised to satisfy us with in the book of Psalms and show us his salvation I'm just like wow but then um the Clark sisters they come the next uh two or three weeks later with that movie and these young ladies are still living they're still thriving they still giving God glory so that's my new role model someone that I would look up to you know in the industry um versus someone that didn't get to see the fruits of her labor and I take no credit from um, Madam C.J. Walker at all, you know, bless her heart and all her parts and her family. Um, it truly is a blessing to some, but just for me, I know that I would want to uh, not pursue the riches to the point of sickness, and then I don't get to see the fruits of my labor. And then her daughter died, so laying up a, um, the riches for your children and your children's children, uh, really no longer exists. So, hey, that's just my spill on that, y'all. Um, that's the part of love I wanted to talk about. And we also have to leave room for our brothers and sisters to fall and make mistakes. And love has to cover it. And as the song say, love lifted me. Allow that love to lift that person up. So we're going to go over into offenses. Let's talk about offenses. And we know that the Bible tells us that offenses will come, but woe to the ones of which they come from. The woe is supposed to be on the ones of which they come from, not on us. Because offenses are going to come in life. We shouldn't stop because of offenses. We shouldn't give up on people, places, or things because of offenses. Offenses really hurt. They will sting you, especially if you don't release the last offense and you are carrying the offenses as you go on through life. Now it's easy to leave people alone. You just keep the people around you that won't offend you, that won't uh, correct you, co constructively um, correct you. And now we're just walking around like a big offense, basically. So let me give you a short story. I was a one that was offended um, as a young child, you know, just growing up. And like I told you about a family member having um, in my family that I believe that I um, believe that didn't treat me so well. So I always walked around on eggshells, making sure you don't uh, step on the wrong shell or make sure you don't um, do anything to tick that person off or making sure you don't offend that person. But all along, you're hurting from from even childhood trauma. You're hurting from young girl trauma, teenage trauma 
trauma, just the things that were said to you and done to you, um, just going through different relationships and going through with the, the men in your life or something like that. You can have offenses from the past and then once you get into the future, someone tries to correct you but they don't do it in love, then you are offended. A lot of people don't correct in love. People think correction is a blessing. But if you don't learn to correct people in love, now this not even in my notes, you are headed down to destruction. You will never be able to keep um, integrity. You will never be able to keep relationships because you can be, be called or uh, chosen by God to be a leader. But he wants to lead in order to lead you have to know how to follow so while you're following you should be able to learn the difference between constructive criticism um, correcting people with love or just downright up controlling let me correct this oh no no they didn't let me show them now now you have tunnel vision you're seeing all the things that are done wrong you don't ever see anything that's done right where people are doing something right so with correction also comes praise you have to know how to go back to that person i corrected you now i see that you took you took heed to the correction the voice of the lord i commend you on that is there anything else do you need a lot of people don't have that all they do is want to just correct 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 but there's more than life than correcting people especially when you need to be corrected yourself who's correcting you is the question i used to ask that to you know people that i seen doing that okay you're doing all this correction but who's correcting you all right so let's go back to offenses (laughs) y'all i took that a little personal let's go back to offenses so Offenses will come. We have to learn to release the offense. I think it's time that we should spend more time talking to each other. Let's have a conversation. Let's win our sister or brother back over in love and let's do kingdom work together. These are your co-workers. It's funny how uh, sometimes we can forgive a man in a relationship, women, when a sister can do something less damaging and we're not willing to forgive her because that man is satisfying to yourself that man could be satisfying to your flesh but that woman you're willing to give up because you can replace her with another friend you know so it's just time to have conversation it's time to apologize one to another and humble ourselves we'll have a podcast on submission we'll have a podcast on humility but for now we're talking about offenses love forgiveness and we're just going um just throughout these different things today um I thank you all for listening to me. I think I thank you. I thank you. I don't take it lightly. And I pray that this is really helping you all. I pray that it's getting into your spirit and resonating in your spirit. But just remember that offenses will come. Love can cover it. Love can release it. If you t- say it in your mind that anything that happens, I'm going to make sure I um, just take a while to think about it. Not move emotionally cover it with love have love in your hand ready to just release it whenever it's needed it's rough but it's right 
It's better said than done, but it can be done. I'm telling you, I'm a living witness to everything that I talk about. And I also may have to get back. I call it the chambers, but back in the prayer closet and, you know, turn the heat up and release some things from my heart myself. So I'm not perfect, but I do serve a perfect God. And I know that he perfects us with his hand, his righteous and unchanging hand. He perfect us and to perfect us means to mature us. So he matures us so that we can get to where we are supposed to be. Because that's what it's all about. Um, We're passing through earth and we're just, this is not our home. But while we're here, we're making, we're allowing kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're preparing earth to be as it is in heaven. How do we know how to act besides reading it in the word? How do we know what we're going to be doing in heaven? This is basic training. I have a Twitter account and I am podcast on my Twitter account. I have in my um, caption, treat others as if you're already in heaven. Why not do it now? You know, when you were in college and they send you out to an intern, if you're a doctor, they'll put you on the coat. They let you go in with the head doctor and sit in on some of the visits. They want to prepare you for where you're going. So when no one is around, that's what they want to prepare you for. If you're a teacher, sometimes they send teachers out on intern. If you are a nurse, they'll send the nurses out on intern. They'll put them on all the things that they need. You wouldn't know them from the doctor unless they speak but they're preparing you for a place that you have a have agreed to go that you signed up for that you paid for so Jesus already paid the price for us to get to heaven so why not on earth already prepare for about treating others as if we're already in heaven there's no sickness in heaven there's no offenses where people I know some people you know were petty offenses I know that the Lord told me years ago you can't take pettiness into prosperity it's time to leave the petty which means though unimportant the petty conversations the pettiness alone you know so I know um I lost a few friends I lost a few people even online on social media just from simple questions someone asked me uh what is that I answered they said no I meant that I said oh I thought you meant that nah but it's good and they deleted me I'm like that fast you just offended that easy but it's not my offense that took them over the edge it's because they haven't released the offenses from the past some people are open walking wounds waiting for you to sprinkle the salt on their sore so they can shut you out as well put a little band-aid on their sore until they get to the next place and expose it to someone else that's it don't take it personal i start to inbox people and what happened you got a new page knowing that they you know deleted me but just ask now i don't ask that anymore you know what if what i've done to you offended you you must don't know me because i don't walk around with uh, hate or envy or, or anything like that in my heart so this is nothing that I've done. If, any, if you talk to someone that know me, they'll let you know. Oh, no, and she probably was just saying it like this. So offenses, let's talk about borrowed offenses. When you borrow an offense from the enemy and the people that he uses. 
So you know that the enemy is offended by us. He's mad when we took on the bloodline of Christ Jesus. He's already mad at you. You stopped doing his work. You got out the bed, you shut your legs. He's mad. Okay, you may have got married and stopped stop the bloodline uh, curse of single parenting to the point of where you just, that's uh, the struggling single parent, and I should say, because single parents is not a curse. But in my bloodline, I call it that because it just was going through on both sides. Mother, father, her father, her mother, my dad's mother, my dad's mother, mother. So that's what I mean by that. So now he's mad. What do you mean you're getting married? He's offended by you. So it's a lot of things that you've done. You may be the first one to graduate in your family. I know that if I don't go back to school and my daughter goes back uh, when she graduates high school, she goes to college. In the next six years, if seven or eight years, if she graduates college, she'll be the first in my immediate family with a college degree. He's offended by that. He's offended, so he tried to throw stumbling blocks. He tries to throw burials in your way to stop you so that he can stop God's glory that's due to his name. He can stop you from, from, from creating a generational blessing for your bloodline. He, he's offended by you. So what he'll do is he'll know that someone can be a blessing to you He'll send someone or have that person to offend you with the littlest things that you cannot get close to them and learn of them so that you can create bloodline blessings. He knows that if you get too close to them, they'll encourage you to keep going. They'll encourage you to stop, stop sleeping with the old guy. They'll encourage you to better yourself and vice versa. You can, you can be someone that pour into their life as well. They will encourage you to don't stop right here. Don't commit suicide. It's not too late to be great. They'll encourage you to keep going in the things of God to the fact that he's like, okay, let me send an offense. If it was up to the enemy, he'll have you offended for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. One thing I didn't want when, when I go, when I'm old, old, old in age, is for people to say, well, she showed in place. She knew how to go off on people. That's not what I want. You remember that commercial that says, what do you want on your tombstone? It was a piece of commercial, but I took that. I used to look at that commercial and like, wow. Like, what do you want on your tombstone? Devoted wife, devoted friend, devoted mother, loving, kind, or she sure didn't play. <laughs> I didn't want that. I don't want to be a person that's known for she'll go off, do something she don't like. That's not it. The Bible tells us they don't know that you are children of God by the way that you make peace, by the way that you love. Not by the way that you're able to grow off. Not even by not even by the way how much money you have. So that's why love and peace and forgiveness and not being so offended is very important to us. So I pray that this is helping someone release the offenses of the enemy. Because even sometimes people that offend us and we hold it as a grudge for so long, some people don't even know they offended you. Go to them and talk because they don't know you. And if they love you, they'll respect you. Hey, when you did that, I don't like the way you did that. Oh, my bad. I won't do that again. And you all can just continue to have relationship versus 
I don't like the way they did it. I'm about to go call a few sisters and tell them about it. Now them sisters gonna make up something that, yeah, you remember that day we seen her doing that? I ain't like that either. Now they're borrowing your offense. They're borrowing it. I had a few, uh, not even a few, I have a lot of people throughout the years, over the last 10 years, that came to me and said, hey, and I heard this about you, but the more I see you, I can't really pick it up. You know, and I, I was treating you as if what they said was right. I was treating you as if what they said was real, but your spirit, your tree is not bearing the fruit that they spoke of. I'm telling you, a lot of people, I even had a close friend to stop talking to a young lady. She said every time I would talk to her and try to hang out with her, she only wanted to talk about you. That's it. She just wanted to talk bad about you. And I would switch the subject. And she just really didn't want to stop talking about you. And one day I just told her, hey, you know, that's my friend. We hang out. We talk. We pray. Yeah, but. And she just wanted to keep continuing on talking about her. So this young lady, actually my good friend, she stopped answering her phone calls. And they were really close friends. And to this day, they haven't talked in about two or three years. So that's what I mean by offenses. She was trying to get her to borrow an offense about me but the borrowed offense could really be jealousy the borrowed offense could really be envy it can really be low self-esteem that person looking at that person wishing they had not knowing that that person is just really thankful that God didn't kill him on the abortion bed didn't kill him in the dirty bed didn't kill them when they were outside their will. They're just grateful and living life according, trying their best to live life according to the word of God. And you're sitting around mad, jealous, and envious of them. But if you just connect with them, the enemy don't want you to connect with them. That's where some of that offenses stem from. I know I have a really uh, good friend many years ago. I haven't talked to her in a while. But before we became friends, she was very offended by me very and I was offended by her I used to go home from work and pray like God why is this girl giving me a hard time why is she giving me this hard time and all this time she just didn't like me because she said before I got to that location because I was transferred someone called and told them about me so they all tried to not like me but once they I got there the spirit of the Lord was shining so bright through me. They, some, the rest of them couldn't help but to just talk to me and love on me and talk about everything. We talked about hair, fashion, kids, daycare. I mean, we talked about it all. Family, friends, weekend, church, God. But that one particular girl was just like, I'm not giving in. I just don't like her. <laughs> and I tell you, I continue to pray about it. And God released that thing. One day I seen her outside in the cold and I pulled over and I said, get in here. And she's like, uh-uh, no. I'm like, girl, get in here. We sisters, look. We both, we, I know where you going through. I've been where you at and you've been where I am. Or are you trying to get to where I'm going? So let's go, let's talk. And she got in the car and we talked and we talked and she said to me, and I said, it seemed like you've been giving me a hard time and I've been praying about it and I just want to talk to you about it. And on our way to her house, she said, well, and you just, 
you just come in with so much peace, you know? And I'm just like, how did this girl got all this peace? So it was something that she was mad at because she didn't believe that she obtained it. But we both believe in the same God and the same Prince of Peace died for me, died for you. So let me tell you what God told me in my prayer time. And I shared it with her and she called me the next day and just was like, and I felt the peace of Jesus. So I'm telling you that the enemy will always try to keep you offended, to keep you distracted and to keep you separated from the person that is purposeful to be in your life. So it's time to release the offenses Don't borrow anyone offenses because you could be borrowing jealousy, envy, low self-esteem, and or hate. Just hate, period. Just down, flat out, right hate. You could be borrowing the enemy's offense against that person that chose to stop doing his work and do the work of the Lord. All right. So also with forgiveness, let's start forgiving each other more. Let's start forgiving ourselves and also forgive that family member, forgive that church member, forgive that leader. You know, I know a lot of people been church hurt. I hear that word, that slogan a lot. Um, Church hurt. Sometimes I used to think, well, we get hurt at work. We get hurt at school. We go back. We get hurt at work. We go back for the pay. But when we get hurt at church, it just seemed like, um, you know, that's just, let's just leave God alone after that. But there are some people that will mishandle God's people uh, because instead of doing things for godly gain, they can do things for personal gain. And it really hurts, you know, when you give someone your heart and all they want is your hand. That really hurts. So it's time to forgive that is the biggest thing to forgive and to love one another as not only as God loves us, but also love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So we have to make sure we're um, we're tuning in to self-love and asking God to help us to love who he created, the way he created us. Help me to love the fact that, you know, my hair may be this way. My hair may not be that way, that I didn't have this color eyes and the world loves it. Love yourself just the way you are. I'm telling you, I remember the time um, covering up my thin temples in my hair because I wanted this husband so bad and I just thought that I need to look perfect. I need to look the way the world deems you to look. I need to look the way the magazines deem you to look in order to get a man. But I was toe up from the flow up. You know, I didn't have a, a productive prayer life. I didn't have a, I wasn't studying and reading the word as I do now. So if God would have released me back then without the proper self-love and self-care, I could have just went on to whatever the man said, needing him to compliment me, needing him to affirm the beauty that God has put inside of me. But no, I had to do all that before I became a wife. That was the preparation, just like Esther had to do. God prepared her to go before the king and she had to love herself. And she didn't only love herself, but she loved her people. Her whole mission was to save her family, save her people. It wasn't just for herself. Sometimes we think because we're selfish, that's self-love, but it's really not. 
but we have to learn how to be a beautiful and willing and submissive vessel unto the Lord that our light can shine into the world. But let's go, y'all. Let's talk. We just talked about love, forgiveness, borrowed offenses, offenses. Um, we talked a, bit, a little bit about the peace of Jesus. And I just want to end with this, y'all. And always thanking you all for listening. I want to end with saying we have to know to grow. So that's what this podcast is about, y'all. I'm just trying to share some uh, knowledge, you know, um, being transparent always. I love to tell my own stories. And I want you all to follow me on uh, YouTube at the And I Am Podcast. Listen, like, subscribe, and share it with a family member. Share it with a friend. And let's get this positive word out there. So I bless I bless the name of the Lord today. I thank you all for listening. I pray that God increases you in knowledge, wisdom, and in understanding. And I pray that he gives you the desire of your heart. What to desire and also manifest that desire right here on earth. Y'all keep going and be blessed. It's Ann I Am. Follow me at Ann. Billingsley.net. Check out my life coaching classes. And also I have a new book encouragement writing class. And I hope to hear from you guys soon. Keep going.